Hi, and welcome to Kids Yoga Matters with me, Maria Jones. In this podcast, we talk about all the reasons why kids yoga matters. So let's begin. Welcome to Kids Yoga Matters, episode four. Special guest this week is Kelly Winkler from Kidding Around Yoga, and the subject of our conversation is yoga during this pandemic. Kelly shares her wisdom and tips about making yoga accessible to children, even if yoga teachers are not yet allowed into schools. So let's listen. Welcome, Kelly, on to Kids Yoga Matter Live. Kelly, can you tell us about Kidding Around Yoga and yourself? Um, what uh, brought you to this uh, wonderful place where you get to teach yoga to little people? Yes, I would love to. So I, uh, you know, I was a little bit, I was a little bit of an anxious child. So growing up, I had, you know, a lot of social anxiety and a lot of struggle with that. And I always knew I wanted to have a career to work with children to help them. Um, I just never was really quite sure, you know, how I was going to do that. I started out being a child life specialist. So I worked in a hospital setting and then I became a classroom teacher for several years Then I became a mom. I'm a mom of four. So I have a 16-year-old, yeah, 14-year-old, 11-year-old, and a six-year-old. So I took a little time off from my career at that time to uh, be a stay-at-home mom for, for several years. And when my oldest daughter was about 12 years old, she really started experiencing lots of anxiety, lots of um, school anxiety, troubles making it through the day without panic attacks. And it became like a real struggle for her. And how so did had, that manifest in her life? How did the anxiety um, and stress manifest in your 12-year-old? You know, um, she always was a little bit of an anxious kid. You know, probably got it from me. I was too. And, um, you know, she was just always a little bit extra nervous, hard time separating from me when, when she was little. Uh, but we just kind of always worked through it. Um, but when she got to middle school, there was a big transition from our elementary school, our children transition into a middle school that's a regional middle school. So they go from a small elementary school to a very big with four towns coming all together. And it was very overwhelming for her. She was just very, very nervous. At that time, I also did start working part-time and um, she was going through puberty. And I think it was just the perfect storm, a combination of everything happening at the same time that just overwhelmed her. So we had her in therapy and her therapist recommended yoga. And I had done yoga on and off through my life also. I, you know, a little bit in college, definitely in throughout my pregnancies, but I never stuck with like a practice, a consistent practice, but I had some experience with yoga. So I looked around for a children's yoga program for her. And luckily her gymnastics teacher was also a yoga teacher. She was kind enough to offer a small um, group class for her. And we just saw amazing transformation. She absolutely loved it. She began practicing at home. We created a little yoga place for her in, in the garage. We, we repainted the walls in a certain area and we set up a little space. She was loving it. She was meditating every single day and really had such a positive effect on her. So when I saw that, I first got back on the mat myself because I remembered how great it was. And so I, I, again, started my yoga practice. And then I just couldn't let go of the idea, like, 
had she had this as a child, young, you know, we could have maybe avoided a lot of the struggles that she had. So I started researching, how could I get yoga to children? What could I do? I'm a teacher. At this point, I was teaching in the classroom at the preschool level. So I thought, how could I, how could I incorporate this into my classroom? And when I started researching, I stumbled upon kidding around yoga. And it so happened that like a month later, there was a training like 20 minutes from my house. So I thought, perfect. I signed up for the training right away. And it was meant to be, I just fell in love with the program from the get-go, from my first day in the training, I actually got in the car on the drive home and I just cried because I was like, oh, I found it. I, this is how I'm going to help children. So kind of I know when something is right in your heart, yeah. when you do it, you just uh, feel a sense of lightness and uh, yeah. excitement. Uh, and so it's, so at the moment, uh, the major change for all of us across the world appears to be COVID-19. Oh, my God. Sorry. <laughs> and uh, as I was saying before we came back uh, onto the live, I'm not allowed in the schools. You're not allowed in the schools. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the kids truly need this. My son, for example, at the moment, who is my son is 13 years old, and I think that's why I took interest with your daughter. Yeah. <laughs> and he is uh, experiencing anxiety and stress. Uh, he's fearful that his school is going to close again. And when you are a middle school student, and he is finding that the interactions with his peers are significantly more important than the interactions with his mom and dad. What a surprise. And because of that, he's very anxious that uh, the schools can't close again to him would be very detrimental to his well-being. He's happy wearing a mask if he needs to in the classroom and in the laboratory. He's happy to do a sport outside. He's happy to follow the rules so that the schools don't close again. It is so... um, you know, it's wonderful to see him engaging again, of course. And it wasn't like he ever missed school because we always had virtual school happening in the background. Right. But uh, how do you think? So this is my experience. The kids are fearful that the schools are going to close again and their social life is going to be compromised. And they're going to feel lonely and sad again, I guess. And that works them and causes all sorts of anxieties and I in my opinion I think that my job would be to make them feel safe and happy in every moment they get of that freedom right now without worrying about future so mindfulness and Mm -hmm. staying present is what I think the kids need right now. But what is your opinion? What do you think kids need in this uh, pandemic uh, season, era, whatever? (laughs) Yeah, I think it's like, you know, every kid is a little bit different and every situation is different. Schools are offering different options. Unfortunately for my two older kids who are in high school now or in ninth and 11th, their school is 100% virtual right now. Um, which, you know, having two children, one girl, one boy, they're 16 and my, my daughter's 16, my son is 14. I see very different, different, different reactions to that. My daughter really wants to get back into school. Um, 
she's very social and, and she's, she's into the, the theater now and she misses being in her plays and, and all of that kind of thing. So she feels like your son, like she's, she's anxious. Like, when are we going to be able to be back at school? As opposed to my, my 14 year old who really struggled a lot in the spring because he is not very, um, he's social, but he, he is not one to reach out as he plays a lot of sports. So he has his friends through sports and activities like that. But when he's home, he's kind of a homebody and he's not one to reach out to his friends. And I noticed like, I felt like he didn't feel like even getting dressed or getting out of bed. He was like, there was no point, you know, like he was just like laying around and I was very concerned for his mental state because he needed that social interaction and he wasn't going for it himself. You know, school provided that his sports provided that and he didn't have any of that to offer to him. So, you know, I think that there's, there's, we run the gamut of how kids are reacting. And then you have the other kids who are fearful to go back to school because they're fearful that they're going to get sick. And, um, you know, so, so I feel that there's, there's just a whole array of, of, things that kids are dealing with in different ways. And some kids are struggling to learn online. That's not, that doesn't work for everybody. You know, it's not, it doesn't work for most kids really. You know, there's those select few that are, that are kind of good, like self motivators and, and they can kind of, you know, do it on their own in a, in a sense, but most kids, it's really a struggle. So I agree with you 100%. I think that kids need mindfulness and meditation and yoga. They are, you know, sitting in front of a screen a good portion of the day. They're not moving their bodies and they're feeling really anxious. I think that they need to learn to self-regulate when they have those big emotions. What do they do with it? They don't have a lot of their outlets that they used to have, you know, with sports and activities and being able to, you know, have fun with their friends as, as much as, as they did before. So they need a way to, to regulate those emotions and they, they need a way to, to help them to quiet all that anxiety and be able to focus. So yeah, I agree. With you. They that need grounding yeah. a part of feeling their body and what is happening in their body and what the emotions that they are feeling make yes. their body feel like, uh, as adults know that our heart rate goes up because we are angry at something or we are fearful of something. Uh, but it, it catches some kids by surprise and, you know, teaching them to take a breath maybe or to just say, hold on a minute. I don't have to jump into this to take a moment and, right. you know, ground myself and then yeah. <laughs> kind of go for it uh, and that's all the tools and it's such a shame that we're not allowed into schools to teach that to the kids so uh, what uh, are you doing at the moment to reach out uh, to other to, to reach out to the kids because I'm doing online classes for example I've got one class a week where some of my students have re-engaged in the online form I also think that uh, teaching other teachers is very very beneficial in at least having somebody to take those tools out um, what are you doing at the moment to uh, have an impact a positive impact in the kids lives yes so um, I'm also teaching a little bit online I have a few classes online I've also as far as getting the kid to the kids myself 
I am doing a lot of outdoor things right now where I had people create their own safe group and I'll go to their backyard and teach a class. So I have every single day after school, I have at least one, one of those classes. So that's great. I can, I can do those in-person things with, with those small groups, but that's such a small, small amount of children that I'm able to reach. So um, I became a kidding around yoga trainer just for that reason, because I want to reach the most amount of kids that I can. And now in this virtual time, you know, I'm so happy that I did because we have a uh, virtual training uh, for teachers, for educators, anybody who works with children, that's called Educate. And we go through every section, we go through a pranayama section, how could you incorporate, um, you know, breathing practices and meditation practices and asana and, and everything. And they, they learn how to weave it into their classroom. So that's one thing that I'm doing. Another thing that I'm doing is I also started a podcast in the spring. And I'm so excited about that. It's called Mindful Moments for Families and Schools. And that's exactly what it is. It's little tidbits of um, mindfulness and yoga and how you can incorporate it into your daily schedule. Just little bite-sized things for parents and teachers to do to give these skills to, to kids. So I've been working on that and that's exciting. And then Kidding Around Yoga also has these little mini workshops that are only an hour and a half long on virtual and with all different kinds of topics. One of the ones that I'm leading is uh, using yoga with your in, inside your academic uh, classes. So how to how to incorporate yoga while you're teaching the academic subjects. So it will give you some nice tidbits, you know, because my recommendation for teachers and, and parents now is start small. Just pick one thing that you feel like you can teach one skill. And start with that. And when they when they get that down, then you can build on it, then add to it. And, you know, so so these little bite sized things are perfect because I know it. Teachers are overwhelmed right now. Um, I was a classroom teacher and I can't imagine what they're trying to do right now. With Half of them are teaching virtually and teaching in person at the same time. And it's really difficult. So you wouldn't want them to undertake a new task anyway in this environment because right. it just adds on to the workload. You just want sure. them a solution. You're not offering yeah. yet another thing to learn. And in yoga therapy, when you're working with somebody, you do exactly the same thing. The more they benefit from it, the more they want to do. And then you can build on that. So I really like what you just said, it seems. Do you think that uh, the education system right now caters for those anxieties and those uh, imbalances, shall we say, that the kids are experiencing? Because it seems to me that they are focusing so much on the safety aspect and the community transmission more than they do about the mental health and the well-being of those children. It almost feels like it's being neglected, in my opinion. So do you think that the schools are catering for those big emotions and those uh, experiences the kids are having during this pandemic? I think that it's tough. I think that schools are in a tough position. I know they're trying to keep our kids safe and that, that's become their top priority. But I do think I agree with you that I have a few notes written down and it's exactly what you said. I, I think they need to look at the whole child, the whole picture of what's happening. Yes, we have to keep them physically safe, but we also have to worry about their mental health. And, you know, they they aren't going to be able to learn. We, we, 
it doesn't matter what we're trying to teach them. If they're feeling anxious all the time, they're not going to be able to, to learn the academic things either. So we really need to look at, you know, supporting them in every way possible, not just in their safety, but also in their mental health. And I think that what you're saying and what I'm saying is, is the answer to that, you know, like they need these little practices they need to, to learn these skills. And then we need to send them out and say, practice these at home to remind the kids, like, go home, practice your breathing at home. You can use this anytime, not just with me. And that's going to just help them to, you know, to get all those imbalances in check so, so that they're, they're ready to learn and they're ready to, to receive the academic material, um, you know, when the teachers come to yeah. them with that. I agree. And also some of them have fallen behind in the academic material and therefore they find it a little bit more challenging than they used to. So things um, happen differently, shall we say, for them uh, at the moment. And plus the, you know, the anxiety of COVID and the schools closing again, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, we agree completely on that. Uh, This is why uh, we need this is why you you kind of want to bring uh, yoga to children inside the schools through the teachers, which are already, you know, they already have access to the kids without adding to the workload, as we said earlier. What tips would you like to offer to our listeners about uh, teaching in these unprecedented times? To me, it is about um, trying to do it online. There is ways to connect online. Well, that's my tip. I even posted it on the page today. Give it a go. See how it goes. Even if it is 10 minutes, bite size. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Try it. I know a lot of people were resistant to it. Like it doesn't seem personal, but you can really make it personal. You can interact. I mean, even in a Zoom situation, you know, if you're sitting and you're everybody's focused on their breath together, right? And we're, we're inhaling, we're exhaling together. That's creating community, even though you're not in the same room together, you can still create that community. So I agree, give it a go, try it. Um, and my biggest tip is really that bite size, those bite size pieces and, and to be proactive. Don't wait until you see all these negative effects. Don't wait until you're seeing all the panic attacks and, and all of this, be proactive, start now. Get, get those little, those little bite-sized skills out to the kids so that, you know, when they are having a tough day, they, they know where they can go into their toolbox and, and, and pull those things out. Because I guess differentiation and integration is going to teach you to be happy, not, sorry, <laughs> that was a sarcastic <laughs> comment. But yes, uh, we are at that stage, uh, middle school and high school and the maths everywhere. So yeah, maths and grammar will not teach you how to be happy. Well, maybe no. grammar if you're reading something nice. Yeah, but <laughs> funny because we just had a discussion in my house, my 14-year-old and my 11-year-old were saying last night, we were, we after we had dinner, we were just sitting around talking and and, and they said, you know, mom, all these math things we're learning in school, like, are we really going to use this, this stuff, you know, and, and I don't want to discourage school, you know, I'm like, oh, yes, you're going to need math. Like you might, my 14 year old, yeah, you're going to need math to like, you know, go to the grocery store and buy your, but am I going to really need all this algebra? <laughs> like, you know? And, and it, I can't, I can't say that he's wrong. <laughs> But he will need to learn coping skills and learn how to be self-regulating and all of that stuff. So (laughs) 
I'm partial. Yeah, we agree. Yeah, yeah. I agree <laughs> with that. I mean, I, I I used to be an engineer, so of course I did use those tools at some okay. point in time in my life. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and even when I studied health sciences, I still use the maths for statistics. But honestly, it's yeah, no. <laughs> You still need your breath. You still need your body. You still need your smile and your heart to support you through this. And yeah, we need to teach them in bite-sized manner how to access what they have inside of them, which is what yoga is about. It's been such a a pleasure to have you here. Thank you for the inspiration and support. Thank you, Liz, for getting out there and, and doing the work. So important. Yeah, it is. And I agree with you. Even if things don't work with something, maybe we're learning from the things that don't work for us and we try something new. We can't give up because we rely on yoga to be centered and happy and grounded. And so do the kids. Yes. Yep. So thank you so much for coming on board into this uh, Kids Yoga Matters live. I am really grateful to you for Aww, coming on board. I'm so grateful for you for providing this platform, for, for providing the Facebook group, yoga in school, in the classroom. Um, it's it's such an important topic. And, um, you know, I really appreciate everything that you're doing, too. And thank you for having me. It was an honor. Thank you all for tuning in and listening. Tune in again next week for another episode of Kids Yoga Matters.